0: This is podcast number five hundred and fifty-one, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week we have returning guests.
1: Hi, this is Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida.
3: Hey, this is Peter. I live in Hollywood and write for uh, We Live Entertainment and WhySoBlue.com.
4: Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Youson, costume signer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles.
0: All right, let's get started. And Tom has the news.
1: Lots of news. Okay, first off, Nev Campbell and Stephen uh from Rescue Me will play the leads in Avalon from David E. Kelly and Michael Connolly. Amazon has announced that Cindy Lauper will recur with uh, lead Justina Machado in The Horror of Dolores Roach. And Ariana DuBose, Oscar winner for West Side Story Redux will star in the psychological thriller House of Spoils from House. CW has a new owner, Nextstar. So CBS and Warner Brothers now own 12.5% total between the two. Uh, Fun fact, the average viewer age of a CW person is 58, which is my age. So (laughs) wonder what those Riverdale kids are up to now. So, they're going to expand their unscripted programming by lots. And finally, Jordan Elsass has quit Superman and Lois for personal reasons. The role will be recast for upcoming season three.
0: That's crazy.
1: Isn't it? Yeah. He didn't show up and then sent word to his representatives that he was dealing with stuff.
2: That's so specific. Who does he play?
0: Uh, Jonathan. He's he's Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, Jamie Presley joins Fox's Welcome to Flatch for Season 2. Never heard of it! (laughs) Uh, FX has announced that Joe Keery, Lamorne Morris, and Risha Morjani from Never Have I Ever will join Fargo Season 5. Elizabeth Moss is going to star in the limited series The Veil from Stephen Knight, also for FX. So, HBO Max. The Pretty Little Liars Original Sin series finale promo was a typo. They have not canceled the series. However, comma... Warner Brothers Discovery is removing 40 shows from HBO Max, including Generation Boo! Aquaman, King of Atlantis, uh, some animated stuff, some live action stuff, and several seasons of Sesame Street.
2: Why? I thought Sesame Street belonged to
0: HBO. Server storage? They're making such weird decisions. Why would you cancel Sesame Street? From, from what I
2: understand, kids. it's the early episodes from, like, the 60s and early 70s. Some of us baby boomers want to see those. Yeah, well, apparently they don't think much of nostalgia. Uh, they also laid off
1: 70 staffers and shut down their reality division. Because they already have tons of discovery. Uh, they did announce, however, the Green Lantern series is still alive. And the Black Canary movie with, uh, uh, what I'm, I'm blanking on her name, from... Uh, Lovecraft Country is still in development. Uh, Netflix has announced that Shuri Gatwa is staying on sex education, even though he's the new Doctor Who. And speaking of sex ed, Dan Levy and six more are joining the cast of sex ed for season four. Uh, I'm not going to announce their names because I didn't know who these people were. Didn't care either. Uh, (laughs) Lucy Liu will join Jeff Daniels in the limited series A Man in Full, and the Idris Elba movie Bang has been set for Netflix in their extended deal with Dark Horse Entertainment. Peacock has announced that the John Wick spin-off The Continental is moving from Stars by announcing that means they paid Stars a buttload of money to steal it. So wait, Kate. wait,
0: who's it going
1: to? It's going to Peacock. What? Which means that NBC Universal gave Lionsgate a lot of money cuz Lionsgate owns John Wick, Lionsgate owns Stars. Hey, we need stuff for people to that people want to watch because our network sucks.
0: Well, I'm just annoyed that I now have to freaking watch Peacock to see that show. That's all. Go ahead
1: and uh, continue. No, you don't. I'm sure you can find it somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get real here.
1: Yeah, seriously. Nick Nolte, Ron Perlman, and Tim Blake Nelson have joined the cast of Poker Face. You know, this sounds good. Not good enough to keep my Peacock subscription when they stopped giving us free Peacock with Xfinity. Uh, and kaylee cuoco will lead the comedic thriller based on a true story uh finally uh showtime has picked up the chai for season six and they've announced that yellow, yellow jackets season two has cast elijah wood as a citizen detective and simone castle from obi-wan kenobi as the adult version of lottie right i
0: think i saw that picture uh that that works uh, is that I all think, the news? Oh, okay. okay. Well, then let's start off with the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk Westworld, and this was the season four finale, which had Nobody lots
1: of... Nobody took my bait about my question about, should, wouldn't we all be okay if this was the end of the series? Completely. I mean, I just wanted it to be over, was, honestly. This was better than season three? It was.
2: It that was is so a very cool. low bar to clear.
0: <laughs> yeah, Seriously. Uh, It was better than three, but I was absolutely and completely confused by the last, like, five minutes. I was like, this doesn't work. Is this a reality? Is this fake? What's happening? Which which part? When they they finally go back to Westworld? Well, the part where, okay, so we find out that Dolores is really just a program. She's just been the Pearl. And the Pearl has been inside the city controlling stuff, writing the story, controlling people. Right? So then they take her pearl out of the ground, and then they take her to, uh, good luck, Colorado. The Hoover Dam. I was like, the Denver Dam? No, the Hoover Dam. No, it's Nevada.
2: Nevada, actually.
0: Right, good point. Uh, I know my geography at, no, I don't. So well, they don't
2: know their geography because apparently they believe you can drive from New York to the Hoover Dam in about 5 minutes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but well, at least one person cuz he, he was like, on a horse, 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 horse
0: too, horse the man in
2: black. He was on a horse. He was on a horse. I, <laughs> I Lying in that little thingy but he's on a horse and he gets there at the real? same time <laughs> it was
0: it was crazy but whatever which is why i was like wait what's that? is this real so anyway so they take her pearl and they put it in the hoover dam which controls the sublime fine so she now has control of the sublime so she's there everyone on earth is basically dead because her signal killed everybody whatever and so now there's like just small pockets of humanity who are immune to it and they're like, well, Dolores is going to have to make the, the choice to save these small pockets of humanity and give us hope. And so she's like, all right, fine. I'm going to give it a test. And the test is going to be she's going to take humanity and put them in Westworld. And I was like, but she only controls the sublime. She doesn't control anything else. How? What? What? Like, I don't understand yeah. what's happening now. How is she going to test the corner, the last few people of humanity in the sublime if no humans are in the sublime? I'm now confused on what's happening in season in the next season. I don't understand.
1: You know, I didn't read the article, but Lisa joy basically said, we're not done yet. And I felt like saying you really should be, (laughs) (laughs) because you know, kind of like in uh, the book of Boba Fett, a very special episode featuring Boba Fett, you know, a season of Westworld actually featuring
0: Westworld. Come on. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just. It's, I just want. I just want somebody to explain that to me. And I actually, I I called someone who is close to the show, and I was like, "So, what is this?" And she was like, "I don't know." I was like, "How do you not know?" <laughs> so See, I
2: got you know I got a completely different idea of it. This is how confusing it is. I I just listened to the part where she was saying, "Well, basically, humanity is extinct." there's right. little pockets but they're going to die out and we even see those little flies which we haven't right. seen for a while but suddenly the... so they're going to find the people who are immune and and make them crazy so basically No no no, no. no they're
0: immune to the flies so it doesn't matter no, they're they're not, still...
2: immune to the, they're not immune to the flies they've just managed to stay away from them they're, they were not uh, infected by them that when when the flies no, were No I, th- I think were they were immune around. I, 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 got I, got the, I got the impression. I got the impression. See, this is another part that's just confusing about the show, because I never got that they that they were immune to them. I just got that they hid from... No,
0: no, because they, they not, were in the cities. They were not present. No, they were in the cities with everybody else. They just didn't get affected. No, no
2: not really. These these were people who, who hid, hid away. They were Yeah, but there were also
0: people that they went and got who were in the cities who were immune. But anyway, regardless... Well they, Regardless anyway, of okay. that, everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, so what I everyone's thought dead was, that, for the...
2: was that, was that um, she's planning on having an entirely robotic or computerized program-like um, species that goes on. That's her idea. No, her, of, no, know, but she, she's no, running a test on. No, her test, with them, no, no, her, her own species. no, 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 no,
0: it's not because... Bernard very clearly says it's up to Dolores. She has to decide whether to save the po- pockets of humanity, and the way she's going to do that is a test. He says that very clearly. Uh, so I was just like, okay, so she has to decide if the pockets of humanity are worth saving. Because she could just go into Sublime, and the AIs could just live forever and no worries. But the whole point of the test is to find out if humanity is worth saving.
2: Well, they can live forever until things, you know, start breaking down in the real world, which they no longer have any access to. Yes, that's uh, true. Then too. that would be a problem. Yes, um, but time goes really fast in the sublime. So who cares? Yeah. So yeah, for them, it might uh, be like millions of years before that it actually starts breaking down. So who cares? There
1: were there were some bright spots in this episode. Mainly, the scene that got me is when is when wrote, uh, when when host Caleb said goodbye to you know flesh and his blood his daughter C. yeah
0: that was and good
1: and she, she she's got to know that he's not really her dad she knows but the she was way, well, she yeah but the way they but the way the two actors played it that was really that was really heart-wrenching and yeah. man I want to see a lot more of her and stuff cuz she's good
3: yeah and, I agree. You know,
1: Paul and Paul's always good except for when the script's terrible season 3 um but um <laughs> yeah I'm kind of you know if they, if they make another season I'll watch it but they they, they kind of don't need to. It's like, you know, I literally have a PhD. I should not have to spend this time trying to figure out what this show's about.
2: Yeah, it's just they they they've beaten a dead horse. You know, you, you go look at at the overall breadth of this show, and there's nothing that compares to season one, which itself, if if it it. If it was one and done, if it had ended there, we would be looking back on it as one of the great moments on television. I really like season was, two, to be honest. I like season, season two, two. Season two was not bad. Yeah. It did not come up to the level of season one, but it was still very, very good. Right. But then but it went off the rails. Three, it was just a disaster. Yeah. yeah. Era. yeah then it and then off and the rails. I just... think. I think the reason, partly, that we're being e- as generous as we are with season four is because. <laughs> by comparison to season 3 it's just better but right. it's still no great shakes and really i would have had more respect for them if they really had just ended everything this and year it up. instead of trying to drag mm. out right. more well let's wrap this
0: up we have there's no point in just you know as you say beating a dead horse yeah. so <laughs> next up let's talk about only murders in the building and this is the penultimate episode where they in theory reveal the murderer uh, which was a really cool... Forget the murderer, we finally found out
1: that uh, Martin Short is not the father of his son.
0: <laughs> so say that again, Maury! What did you say, Maury? <laughs> yes, you are not the father. I didn't figure out that he was lying to his son immediately i didn't realize he was lying i mean he was like so i'm kind of greekish and i was like are you like i felt like that wasn't like that i was like that brings a little false um but then it was like the happy ending and he hugs his son i was like oh that's really sweet and then when it reveals that he's lying i was like oh that makes way more sense i'm dumb So,
2: (laughs) well, just that moment where he attacks Nathan. Oh, that was so good! That was so good. (laughs) I I fell over. That was just perfectly done.
1: That was great, Shirley McLean.
2: But but we all knew,
0: yeah, and we all knew from last week's episode that the cop was obviously not the brain trust of whatever murder happened. (laughs) So when they reveal this week that he's working for the podcaster uh, Tina Fey, I was like, I should have guessed it all along. So that was a really good kind of reveal, because it's one of those reveals that as soon as they tell you, you're like, oh, man, I should have known that. But I love the fact
1: that the, the the big surprise reveal within that reveal is the fact that her assistant is the supposedly missing woman
2: yes
0: back so back back i'm back. I'm a little confused by that like what does that mean that she made up that her first case entirely or what does that mean well, yeah <laughs> she,
2: she 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 constructed everything and actually a guy is in prison now um because of of false evidence that oh she that planned she planned it, it. She planned yeah it. oh right i was uh, i guess i didn't follow which that. explains would, why her her she assistant shows up is, dead at the end of the season <laughs> well it, it explains why her assistant is so deferential and won't say anything against her because if she does you know if she reveals everybody's going anybody, to jail she risks, yeah she risks going to jail too so
4: um yeah
2: that does that does
4: explain a lot
0: uh, Youson, you were trying to speak earlier. Go ahead.
4: For being a comedy and for being quirky and this and that, I have to give props to the fact that it's a proper mystery show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really enjoying, throughout the season, kind of guessing, you know, who's what and what's happening. And, you know, and then, you know, the breadcrumbs they leave for us, you know, very legitimate. You know, it's not, it. it like you said about the, like, oh, well, I should have known that. Well, we should have, you know, but not really. You know, so the show does a really great job job of not dumping stuff you know the episode before or at any time and us being like well, that seems kind of out of left field. Um, so it's a real fine line between keeping people guessing, you know, legitimately and then earning the, the the answer they give us. You know what I mean? So I think they do a wonderful job. We talk all the time about the comedy and the this and the that and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's still a really fun mystery. And I think that I said this to you off. Uh, off podcast, um, it reminds me a little bit of not a lot, not a lot, but kind of even the way it's sort of shot and the goofiness of it. But there's like an actual mystery. It reminds me of the movie Clue uh, back in the I don't know 80s mm. maybe, um, which was funny but still a mystery. And this and that, I, you know. So for me, the tone of the show I think is hard to pull off, and they do it. So props to them. The other thing is. I love that. Um, you know, again, they're like tying up all the loose ends. I mean, they could do that in the finale, which I'm sure they will. But I mean, we got the answer to Rose. You know, um, Shirley McLean not being, you know, the mom. We we got the answer about the painting. Uh, we got the answer about the child paternity. We got the. I mean, so it. Normally we complain that they do like an on this show we do you know that they did an info they do an info dump, um, but for me it was all really organic and it was really great because then they can take their time with the finale you know I th- I think it's a great move you yeah. know uh, they up a lot of stuff right and then they can kind of really luxuriously really whatever uh, kind of give us the final final answer because we also always complain not always but lots of us complain about how besides the info dump, how the finale's rushed, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. blah, blah. So it's a really, it's a great two-parter without even seeming like a two-parter. So props to them. I think the season is incredibly strong. I, I think I remember, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I remember maybe complaining a little bit or making note of like, well, eh, it seems a little slow, whatever. But at some point they just put their foot on the accelerator and they're taking us right across the the uh, finish line. And I really feel confident as opposed to some shows, I think they're going to nail the finale. So I'm really Uh, happy about it. uh,
0: Peter, what did you think real quick?
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, pretty much everything Houston said. um, I, I, I like that as many, like she said, I like that they've wrapped, they've managed to answer a lot of questions. um, Even ones that I, that I had like kind of forgotten about and stuff. Uh, it's been a pretty fun season you know as long as they kneel like uh, as long as the finale is like solid i think that um it's weird how i like i do agree that the mystery is fun although i will say my favorite part about the show is really more just the cast and the guest stars and stuff like that's what i and and and, and, you know and and the uh wait what is the building called the arconian is that yeah yeah i just like all of that but i do i appreciate yes yeah yeah they've they really did manage to take this season's mystery and they just like keep adding all these things, you know, which is which is kind of silly, but but very entertaining. So yeah, I think it's been a pretty solid season. Like I'm assuming it's been renewed for season three, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. Yeah, yeah. So. But it's
0: good. Alright. So wrapping that up. Uh I think we're saying thumbs up. Um next up we're gonna talk uh Better Call Saul series finale. And this is this is uh, for all the marbles, people. Let's see if we can if we can put the the cherry on top. And I'm gonna say, when I finished that finale, I was like, was this better than the than the uh, Breaking Bad finale? Or which one was? I was like, I don't know. This one was really good. It got me. I got a little misty eyed, and I was like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Sort of situation. And I saw an interview after the fact. Where Ray Seaborn said that Saul got redeemed and I was like, I don't know if I thought he was redeemed because he took all those years to protect uh, Ray Seaborn's character that I'm blanking on? Uh, Kim. So he took all those years, he, he got his whole sentence reduced to seven years and then he does this crazy thing where he just gets all these years added back to himself by just confessing and confessing. And what I loved about it was he would confess to one thing and then he'd look back at Kim and be like, is that enough? And she'd just look at him and he'd be like, okay. And then he'd confess to something else and then he'd look back at her and she, he would just check out her face and he'd be like, okay. And then he could come back and he, he just kept going until he saw her face change to where she kind of forgave him. And that's where he stopped. Well, actually, no, he actually talked about his brother. He like threw that cherry on top and they were like, This has nothing to do with the case. He was like, Yeah, oh, just say
1: that wasn't a crime, and then he says, Oh yes it was. Yes it was Yeah.
0: And that was that was really good. Like but I don't know if I felt like he was redeemed. So I did feel like he did it to protect Kim, which he's always done. That is just in his character. He will always protect Kim but i don't know if i think that he when you say someone's redeemed that means that they genuinely regret everything they've done and they've turned over a new leaf and i don't believe they're going to do that crime again i don't believe that at all about saul so i think that, he's going to re- be i think he's going to be controlling that prison in like 10 minutes like oh well we
2: saw you got a little bit of that you know at the very end i mean he's he's obviously you know big man on campus as right. far as the the prison is concerned he's he's the lawyer that everybody goes to so you know he's protected he's He's going to be fine in there, right? Uh, but I mean, that's as fine I... as you're going to be in a supermax, I guess. But still, but you know, I mean, I had I I had such a reaction to to this. I, I have to say that before I started watching it, before I tuned in to this last episode, I like hesitated because I was I was like, oh oh, please don't screw it up,
4: please please
2: give me a good ending please after all this because I'm, I'm that invested in the characters. And by the time it ended, I actually, I had to walk away from the TV. I had to take a moment, which I don't do normally with with television and just process it for a while because it just, it was, it, I think it's one of the most perfect finales. I of any show I've ever seen breaking bad is, is flawless in its own way for its own thing. But I think for this, you know the the ending of better call saul was equally perfect for the type of show that yeah. it is yeah and i i just where where everyone ends up and where we know everything you know has has led up to and and all of that i i was just floored by how how flawless this was performance uh, writing directing the look of the piece, every, every every element of it was was just amazing to me. And like you, I don't think that Saul is uh, or Jimmy or Gene or whatever, <laughs> whatever his name, it, I name is. <laughs> uh, I, well, you know, he does in the court. He does specifically say, "No, I am James McGill." Yes, so he's he's going. He he wants to be who he was. He wants to to this to to express himself as who he is rather than an identity that he's taken on and that's important to him of course the people in the prison don't care they still call him Saul right. um, but I think I think he wanted to become more authentic and and he was doing a lot of this he was doing a great deal of this for Kim he orchestrated this yeah. solely to get her in that courtroom so he could give this confession with her watching but I think on an, on an even greater level and as Tom brought up, you know, his, his confession about his brother is part of this. It, it goes beyond Kim and his need to just cleanse himself and and, and to own up to what he's done, right. including what, what happened with his brother, which clearly is, he's not being tried for. Um, I, I don't think that he's he's redeemed, but I think he's on a path toward that. I think that's what he ultimately wants now more than more than at at any other time. And that's why that I could
0: see. Yes, I could see. I I agree with you because his thing is he's always about getting over. And so that deal that he made with the DA was another example of him getting over outsmarting whoever Mm -hmm. he always has to do that. And, and I really do like that he threw that all out of the window so that he could make up with, Kim kind of Mm -hmm. and protect her. But go ahead, Tom, go ahead. You haven't spoken.
1: I don't think he was trying to protect Kim so much as I think he wanted slash needed to come clean and needed her to witness this Yes. because at the end of the day, it's a love story, right? That scene of them in the prison sharing a cigarette is counterpart to a scene from the pilot. And I just, oh, my gosh. I would argue that it is it is a redemption story because the definition of redemption, just look it up, is the act of saving from, to be saved from sin, error, or evil. And the thing, Jimmy is trying to be saved from himself. And the brilliance of this pilot, or sorry, the, the brilliance of this finale is they use this notion of the time machine several times throughout the episode. The episode itself is the time machine. And when they first said, we're going to do this show... And it's going to take place before, during, and after Breaking Bad. And in this episode, we get scenes before, during, and after Breaking Bad. We see the three faces of Jimmy McGill. We see Jimmy. We see Saul, We see Gene from Cinema. And I just think, I'm like... (laughs) Slow clap! clap. (laughs) Peter, Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan nailed these last two episodes they yeah. gave me everything i wanted uh, what's fascinating is going into the finale of breaking bad i had a list of three things i wanted and they addressed all of them in this i just really wanted jimmy to come clean and that scene in the courtroom I mean, they, they brought back three breaking bad veterans which was yeah uh, or, or three veterans uh uh we got Michael McKeon back who hasn't been watching the show so he didn't know the context of the scene <laughs> he's got to catch up we got to see a uh, Betty Brent whom yeah. who you used to work with who's awesome and then we also got to see um who's the third one from breaking bad I'm forgetting but anyway it it was just this is the way you do a series finale yeah and it just gave you closure it gave you hope and the thing is when when uh when kim broke up with with jimmy she tells him i love you but we are not good for each other and the thing about that last scene is you can feel the love but they also keep keep their distance because right. they know it's like you know putting combination of things together you know like uh, bleach and ammonia make chlorine gas <laughs> they just know we got to keep our distance but we have great affection for each other just bravo
2: yeah, uh, You know, that, that, that ending scene particularly stood out for me. And I know that I, I read something, too, where, the, where they were going back and forth as to exactly how they would end it. They did think about, and I, at first I thought that this was how it was going to end, with the two of them, you know, that tableau against, against the wall, wall. smoking right. together. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, that's the perfect ending. And uh, apparently they did toss around that that was going to be it. But what I really thought was fascinating is that they didn't end it there. They made a conscious effort of showing the scene of her leaving. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, yes, they love each other, but as she said in the earlier scene, so what? It it doesn't overcome everything else that's happened, and we get her leaving and seeing that same from her perspective. Me. That crushed oh, me. it's it's, it's <laughs> absolutely it's it, it's just amazing when you see him looking at her, and you see that distance and the barriers between them, and they're yep. completely insurmountable, insurmountable. And even more so, he looks at her at the end, and he does that little eye eye hand thing which normally she calls back and she didn't this time. She just looked at him and then she leaves. And the very last shot we get is from her perspective as she turns a corner and a wall literally wipes the sight of Jimmy away. And that's the last thing we get. And we realize they're never seeing each other again. That's, that's the end of the Kim and Jimmy story. That's, that's it. Right. It was amazing. Peter, you had a thought, because I think you,
0: when I talked to you about this, you were like, oh, you in your head, you imagine that she goes to visit him all the time. And I was like, I didn't think that either. I thought this was it. This is the end. Well, no,
3: not necessarily all the time. But I do think that she has that comment about, like, um, her, her New Mexico license, it, it will never expire. So I was like, oh, well, that's kind of like a way of saying that, like, in theory, she could always – sort of be this like full lawyer it, it always would she would always have clearance and i because it's she's like oh it never expires and i was like right. but i see allison's point too like absolutely i if that's the last time they see each other like i think that works also but it wouldn't surprise i mean he's in there for 80 years so it wouldn't surprise me if like 10 years later she came i don't know like i could go either way
0: Okay. Do you have any other comments no. before we move on? My only
3: other comment was, um, uh, along with uh, Tom, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was really emotional and pretty perfect. Um, the only extra comment I would say is, along with what Tom was saying about um, the, you know, I love seeing, um, I really loved, is it Betty Brant? Yeah, Betsy. Yeah. Brandt. Betsy. I Betsy. Really, really, really loved her scene. But I got to say, I thought that the earlier episodes with, um, with Walter White, were okay. Uh, this like one though nailed scene. it. Yeah, I thought the cigarette scene with um, with uh, Jesse and Kim was kind of nice in the previous episode. But I really thought that the finale, having it be this moment where Jimmy's asking that question about the time machine and Walt being Walt, he just has to show his superiority <laughs> in his intelligence. He just can't. He just, he just like to me. It's like that's such a perfect Walt moment, you know. Like to, to like, he just. Yeah, what you're really talking about is regrets. Do I? <laughs> like, oh my God, like, you know, like I thought that was. It's like that also could be in theory. That's the last time we will see um, Brian Cranston play Walter White, and I thought that was a pretty perfect.
0: That like, was yeah, great. That was, great. was, that like, was great, really yeah. great. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, I really what I really liked about that scene too is Walter genuinely gives them a moment of regret that he's had in his life. He's like, he does, I should I should have done this. I should have done that. And he was like, what about you? And he's like, oh, uh, the slip and fall and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he looks at him and he was like, you've always been this terrible person. Like there was never a moment where you weren't. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty great. That, that, I yeah. love that scene. I love that scene. I love the scene too. Yeah. Cause I mean, that, because cool, before <laughs> I didn't feel like it was worth, bringing them back. When they had that scene in the trailer or the Winnebago
2: Yeah, that really was didn't work so well. All yeah, the I, others,
0: yeah, though, yeah, have been superior to that.
2: Yeah, and it felt, and it and felt like
0: it. Actually. It felt like it, but that scene right there was worth the price of admission. That is worth yeah. bringing Ryan Cranston back. So, Definitely. I was like, I, yeah, that was amazing.
1: And you know he wasn't cheap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't about the you know money. What From see. what I heard, they had to, like, convince him, because he was like, the end of my character's done. The period's done. Like, why should I come back and unearth this character? And they had when to really you a convince. Bunch him. of Emmys, dude. You owe us. <laughs> no, I mean they said there was a lot of convincing that had to happen, and I'm sure it was that scene that sold him versus the the one when they're in the. I going to yeah, call the it. The van kind of went
2: nowhere. Yeah.
1: In the, the but ship.
2: let's wrap so this. this you know, yeah. One of the things I love about his confession, though, is that even though it is a, a true feeling of regret for him, it's also so perfectly Walter White because right. he's still blaming Blames other, some other people, people right. He does. Yeah, yeah, totally. Does.
0: Yeah, that was perfect. You're right. Always a victim. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Obviously, all the thumbs up for yeah. Better Call Saul oh, finale. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Motherland, Fort Salem, and I don't even know what episode you guys are on because I haven't Episode 9,
1: 309. You know,
0: Okay the penultimate then,
2: ultimate episode. Yeah.
0: You guys go forth, talk, discuss.
2: Okay, well, um, from the sublime to the ridiculous, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this season has just not been the best as far as Motherland is concerned. The um, I you know we've discussed before that they had issues because of the availability of one of the actors. It was completely not theirs, but the now that she's back, they haven't really. It, it feels like they don't know what to do with the show And they're You know this, this was the, the, the penultimate episode Where everything should be Ratcheting up like crazy And instead They, they finish one storyline Like I mean like Way too tidy Like okay well we're done with the courtroom here Everybody, Everything's done everything's fine And we're finished with that story Bye um, And then they move on to doing a wedding and then they throw in a double in
1: wedding. Allison. A
2: double wedding, of course, because you can't overlook all that happiness. Um, and and then you know they reserve the build for the end, for like literally the last five minutes of the show. And at this point, there is there is no sense of of forward momentum. All the tension has been dissipated. And, and you're just spending the hour wondering, do they know what they're writing? Do they have a clue what's going on? Um, so I, I don't know. I, the care, I, have... I
1: think, is the bigger question, Alison.
2: Yeah, seriously. Well, you know, they do these little little um, uh, in-between in things for the, you know, these behind-the-scenes bits for, for the show where everyone seems totally invested in what they're doing, but it sure doesn't look like it on the screen and and this especially this, this last couple these last few episodes have just been a mess so i'm going into the finale you know next week with not big hopes i mean it's it's the end and and that's going to be it and i i just don't feel like i care much other than okay one last thing to have to cover for the podcast
1: although one the, my favorite moment in the entire episode is when Cheryl Lee Ralph reveals that she is Alive and kicking, and pimp slaps the crap out of uh, the vice, the evil vice president. <laughs> <laughs> that was great.
4: Yeah, that was a nice moment. But, yeah, but even even that for me was a little anticlimactic because we knew she, this, we knew that he, we knew she was going to make the great big magician reveal. You know what I mean? Like ta-da, you know, drop the curtain and here I am. Um, so yes, it was satisfying because he's you know a. Jerk, I will use that word. Um, so, uh, and I've talked about sort of the the fact that he wasn't or hasn't been a complete mustache twirler. But, I mean, at this point, he kind of is a mustache twirler. I feel like I'm still going to be a little bit more forgiving. Uh, I can't disagree with almost everything that Allison said. And it's a real shame because I know that we... Uh, questioned the show straight from the beginning And uh, none of us really particularly liked it I, I'm surprised we all stuck with it uh, And then I think we pretty much agreed That it got you know, much better And then possibly even good, great Sort of, you know, in there um, And then it was just a continual slide I mean, certainly Even without Raelle's uh, removal or, or you know the accident and this and that it had already kind of started to you know slide down but it, it, I mean if it had stayed at that level I would have been fine and maybe they could have kind of come back with the finale but I am definitely sad that this show is going out on a whimper because um, it. I don't think it's I mean, it's not great at all, but I really I want to be a little more forgiving because I know you were like, oh, well, the you know, she's back now. You know what I mean? Uh, and so they should still be. Do- I don't think that's how it works. I mean, they had to derail the entire plot, probably. And just because she's back in an episode or two or, you know, right before the end, you can't just bring her right back and then be like, oh, we're going to write the ship and we're going to go right back to the plot we had. I'm sure that it changed the entire trajectory of the show all the way probably up until the finale. So I'm willing to give them a little bit more of a pass, but I can't deny that the show is limping off. And I can't imagine that the finale is going to be good. Um, you know, I, I, I said off podcast just recently, how much I love finales, even if shows I don't, I've never watched. I just, sometimes I'll tune in, especially if it's a historic show. You know, I purposely 100% turned down the volume for when you guys were talking about uh, Better Call Saul. So I have absolutely no idea anything about the finale. And I'm, you know, and I know that was obviously the right choice because eventually i'll see the series and i do not want to be spoiled i imagine by the time i get around to it though it will have been spoiled for me but you know anyway just to wrap up i, I really think that um the show started out really well i oh, sorry that didn't you know didn't do great and then it kind of really so anyway i'm i'm disappointed but whatever we'll be there for the finale maybe they'll be able to give us a little something something
0: all right let's wrap this up uh, let's move on to uh, the season finale of Evil, which we haven't yeah. really talked about uh, much this season. But I've been watching yeah, that it. got in,
2: away from us.
0: I, I've been watching it in the background. I've been watching it at lunch. And I guess we just never – I just, like, never mentioned it to anybody that I was doing that. So then when we got to the finale, I was like, we totally got to talk about the finale. So, Tom, you, you sent me a head explody emoji. So what made your yeah. head explodey?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, let's see. Uh, Leland tried to kill the prophet in the previous episode. That was awesome. Up, that was so and, awesome. Ended up
0: killing the Senior. Didn't see that coming. Why that's... didn't she tell anybody? Who? What? She was know? all like, she thought that she was the only one that was going to die. And I think she was just like, she was like, oh, that's my future. So she was, she was just chill. And then, uh, <laughs> and then,
1: uh, evil Tim Matheson and Cheryl and freaking Leland are doing, they basically were trying to say that Andy was dead and had the dude and the girls, you know, the girls are loud as heck and annoying, but man, they're good little detectives. They're smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're listening to this dude. Try to say your dad's missing, presumed dead. And one of them's like, I don't believe this. I think this is Leland signs on to the game and, and they hear the alert in the Zoom video from yep. his evil collaborator. Uh, so good for them, but obviously- Nobody believed them, though. Say what? Nobody
0: believed them. That's the problem. They figured it out. Believe,
1: but... I can't believe Ben didn't tell Christian. He should know better. No, I'm just saying, nobody they well, figured they're this they're out, and it's just, it's well, just them. Well, their
2: grandma believed them, she realized because yes, she knows so already it all unraveled. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah, because Cheryl is into her hip. Just the thing I love about Evil, and I met I met the uh, head writer uh, at the beginning of season one before COVID. They're playing the long game, man. They've got these arcs planned out, and they're just, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. but basically. Leland is the surrogate daddy to Kristen. Well,
0: you don't. I, surrogate? I'm like, you mean he contributed the, the DNA? Well, well, yes. he, yeah. He, yeah, he, 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 he is the. Ew. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wanted to make you say it. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then.
1: Sister. Uh, why can't I think of her name? Um, gosh. As, uh, Sister Andrea, by the way. She used to babysit those girls all the time. Forget Cheryl, because Andrea can can control them like, this is not the way young women behave. (laughs) Right. It was like Captain Von Trapp and the Dreadman killer. But anyway, (laughs) she goes through the house to get rid of demons. Oh, that was crazy. To where the addition's being built. And at the end, and she says, I think there are maybe nine or ten demons left. And sure enough, Andy goes out there at the end of the episode and sees all ten. Oh, it's like shock after shock after shock. It's like wow. Yeah, that was a good finale, yeah. dude. And I, it was, I, a, it was a
2: great do episode. Do not yeah. watch
1: this show at night.
2: <laughs> I know because <laughs> those
1: demons are creepy looking.
0: They're I, terrifying. I make, sure,
2: I make sure it is not the last thing I watch before I go to bed. I did
0: mention um, that I watched this at lunch, right? Yes. You did, yes.
2: <laughs> I, I
0: I have to
1: watch it in the day. I learned season one watching this show. I think I watched one episode night. It's like can't do that anymore.
2: <laughs> you know, it's no, funny I... because I I when the show got started, I was just kind of you know, I was like, okay, it's it's all right. But this season, they have just really come into their own. This was—it's a, a shame we—I we, don't know why we stopped talking about it because this was a brilliant season. Yeah, it really was. Over it was right. overall, I mean, it just just all of it was terrific, and the finale was just fantastic. I, I have to say, even though they haven't really developed his character all that much, I—I'm glad they didn't kill the dad off. I—I um, I really thought, they, I, 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 I I
0: thought they were going to. I—I genuinely thought they were going to kill your him. Your the coming an accident back on in the Thursday.
2: When, when, when the prophet said that the, your dad's coming back on Thursday, I thought I kept thinking, not necessarily alive. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the body,
0: too. I was like, exactly. oh, it's the body. I mean, coming yeah.
2: back face first, you know. I mean, so I, I and that almost happened. We saw, oh, my God, that scene with Leland and and uh, Tim Matheson as, as they're suddenly singing What's the Matter with Kids from Bye Bye Birdie as they're carting this. <laughs> oh, body. wow.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> like, they've obviously hypnotized him or something yeah yeah but
2: oh yeah but this show is so surreal i mean it's the thing is as as intense as it can be and as scary as it can be it also has this utterly black and weird sense of humor which um you know keeps bringing me back which i love and it's moments like that that just just it blew my mind i was just staring with my jaw open like you're kidding. but I, I, this was just a great episode overall. All the beats were were perfect. The kids coming to the rescue on this, just being smart enough to undo what what. Le- know, Le- was Le- going to do? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I I imagine him going, you know, somewhere off it. I it would have exceeded if it, it wasn't was, for those kids. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like kids. Um. I mean, it was it was terrific. It was um, a a great finale, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the end. The, the bit that really got me at the very end, though, when the father goes in and and sees all those demons, who are all the demons we've seen through the seasons. Yep by the way, just, Oh, and just the baby, having their own little, connection. yeah, the demon and baby, the little demon baby from but the Hall- shrink was there. What's the up? With shrink. That? Yes. Oh, right. Cause he's, he's so corrupted. He's yeah. Now he's been, yeah, it. he's
0: been corrupted by the writing of the book, which he's writing backwards, whatever. I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. That's so weird. But, uh, I, I just I want to wrap this up cause we are so far behind. We've got so many more shows to talk about, but yes, if you have stopped watching evil, go back. Give it another shot, yeah. It's, it 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 really just landed on his feet this season. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and the scene where where David confronts the real Kristen, think he should. <laughs> oh, right.
0: <laughs> that was awkward. Very awkward moment. Yes. Uh, but I do like that he put the mosquito net down. I thought that was cool. All right, let's was, move on. That was great. Let's move on. Thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about League of Their Own. Uh, and I'm not sure how many episodes you're in, Tom. How many did you watch? hated the pilot I'm out okay that was quick anybody else uh, Allison did you watch
2: I, I've more? been watching it yeah
0: okay so I watched episode 3 uh, And part of the reason I'm blaming I'm going to blame Peter for um, part of the reason I didn't get any further because and also Amazon app the Amazon app kept kicking me out like mid watch mm. and so I was letting it get a rest and then Peter distracted me with a phone call so I didn't get back and watch more it's but Peter's fault. It's all. Well, I watched
4: three. I watched three. I, I watched even more than you, Lydia.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So let's, let's talk about three. And what I liked about three was, um, cause I saw it in two different blocks, but, uh, I knew I liked the, that she got the job at the factory and I knew you, all of us know, you know, you can't sneak around having a day job and a night job. It was all going to come crumbling down in some fashion, What I didn't anticipate... I thought she was just going to get caught. I thought that was what was going to happen. But instead, they had her basically doing such a good job at the factory. She gets promoted to day shift. And now she can't live a dual life. Something has to give. And then her mom is like guilting her with, Hey, I put your name on the store. And then just this confessional. And she's all about, I love my daughter. I'm so proud of her. And she's like, crap. And so she has to make this big confession to her mom, which it shouldn't have been as heartbreaking as it was. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, I got this job at the factory. I'm doing a great job, which will allow me to do baseball, which I'm really good at. And her mom has never respected that. And so her saying, like, God gave me this ability for a reason. Why would he give it to me if he didn't want me to use it? So that was kind of like her thing. But I feel like... And I'm sure she feels like her relationship with her mom is broken. Um, And I get parents wanting their children to follow in their footsteps. But, you know, I I am very particular. I have personal feelings about that. So I was like, "Mm, I'm glad she's doing her own thing. But it was still kind of heartbreaking to watch that conversation. I'm going to let you guys talk. What do you think?
2: Allison, go ahead. Um, Well, actually, I, I... Got, I, I've watched all of it um as I am wont to do with a lot of series uh, i I will say that um I mean i I liked episode three and I liked all the things that you're talking about. The relationship that she has with her mother is is loving but it's complex because she her mother she feels does not fundamentally understand her and she can't tell her what right. is going on. So she um, has all these secrets, yeah. Exactly. She has all of this and her, her mother has, you know, very specific ideas of, of what she wants from her daughter and the, the future that she, she wants to, to create for her. And, you know, she figures she should be molded in just that way. And so so you watch this, uh, this relationship play out like this and it's, it's painful. It's, you know, you you feel for them. Um, I, I, So I, I, you know, I loved all of that stuff. I I will say that the, the reason that I ended up actually watching the show in its entirety in like an evening is because it after about episode four, it really the story really kicks into overdrive and gets really interesting. The things that we've talked about prior to this not working are still factors in the show but um, I think it really, the storyline and your connection to the characters builds enough that it, it's it's really compelling to watch. Well, I so, also like, uh, I stuck
0: with it. I'm going to ask uh, Yusin to talk in a second, but one thing I also like, and maybe she could talk about this, is this was also the first episode where somebody told the coach about himself. And basically, like, and he admitted straight up that, he was there just for like a lark, and he didn't really believe that you know what they were doing was real. And I really like that she, uh, the main character, I'm blanking on her name, Carson. Yeah, that she just straight up told him, like, "Look, you got your shot, and this is our shot." And he's like, "Well, what do you want from me?" And he, she's like, "Uh, be a coach." And I think that was. I feel like now we're at the point where he might really turn around. And that's what I'm waiting for because him being a jerk is only has so much mileage. So anyway, Youson, go ahead.
4: Um, this is interesting. I first of all, I'm glad to hear that the second half of the season, you know, really kind of pays off. You know, the investment that you need to make. Um, I I have been saying this for a long time about the Wild Wild West and there's just literally no guarantee how many episodes you're getting for what they call a season you know if it's a limited series you might only get four uh 10 16 and the reason I bring it up is because I feel like this show I haven't seen all you know all eight episodes and maybe it's fine um but I feel like I think this show would have benefited from, you know, I know it sounds weird that I can say this in episode four, but you'll understand why I'm saying this. Uh, you know the, uh, you know 10 episodes maybe two more or whatever because for me i really thought that the first episode and maybe even the second episode tried too hard you know especially with the cursing and the music and the, you know what i mean and it was sort of like trumpets blaring like here we are you know we're going to be un- non traditional and this, this is the stuff that we're going to be dealing with and i thought okay okay um and even the main romance you know uh, there are multiple you know obviously which is interesting um I, it, I don't buy it. I do not feel the chemistry between the two leads, um, which is very difficult then because the show, it's very much uh, not the only, you know, thing to watch and, and not the only even relationship, both, you know, heterosexual and uh, heter- homosexual. Uh, but uh, what I so so for me, it's that that I kind of need that. And I would have I, here's what I would have loved. And I think it would work for me a slow burn. I think that would have been actually much more interesting. Uh, it would have given me a time to be more invested, you know, in the relationship. Obviously, um, the the housewife, uh, wait, I forgot her name. You, you guys just said it. Carson. Um, Carson. Carson, you know, has that built-in conflict which is very I mean it's very topical for you know we talk about being in the closet even just recently in the last 20 years but certainly back then you know and then on the flip side of that a single woman who is also you know in the closet and I, I really loved how she was talking about how she has this like setup you know we like oh after this happens I have to be seen with a guy you know and all this sort of the machinations that are involved um I thought that was a really good detail uh, to kind of make the whole situation more real um so I really like that I loved I'm talking about little points and scenes uh, again the, the relationship uh, between uh, I don't know anybody's names the best friend you know who who did the crab party you know and her husband because right, uh, yeah, he's getting called yeah. the war right so poignant when he when he admits that he's afraid of dying. You know what I mean? I'm actually even getting a little bit choked up because uh, it, you know, it, it it it's such a reality. Those people, those people, the people who went to war anytime. You know, anytime people go off to war, but especially because they were drafted. You know, as uh, same with the Vietnam War. Um, I thought it was just very real and sweet. And you know, when she asked him, I mean, really, when she asked him what he's afraid of, and he first said of losing my glasses. I almost lost it. I really did, because it was such a small but real thing. And, you know, and it was before he could truly admit what he was super afraid of, you know, truly afraid of. So those moments, those little moments, both in dialogue and acting, like, it made me care about the show more. And on the macro, the thing that I was missing, which they uh, which they corrected as well, is I wanted to see more baseball. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think when you're introducing a show called A League of Their Own... You know it should have been actually honestly more baseball heavy right and then let us get into the relationships you know what i mean show us all the team members show us the. i wanted more of that and then the slower burn of getting to know their their conflicts and their personalities and you know blah 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 so i will focus just a little bit more on uh i loved the baseball stuff i loved that you know because you mentioned the coach didn't really want to be there they decided sort of you know big bears you know what is it them little that uh, the great the bears you know the the baseball movie from like the 70s you know their coach yeah, is terrible yeah. bad you know, news so bears bad That's news the- bears thank you. and i love that movie because i actually played baseball in the 70s when, when but I, really I wanna, were, I, we
0: got to no, wrap this up we're, we're, we're sorry, way behind
4: no, so i want to say that even though uh three and here's the other thing and i really want to address this because i made a point of it last show i i I like that they took the accelerator off, the foot off the accelerator with the 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 lead, the other lead, you know, because I still find her unlikable, but but less unlikable because I really thought about this. She doesn't do anything that is isn't isn't selfish, right? And when she showed up at her friend's house, her best friend's husband is going off to war. And when her best friend you know, gave her a dressing down. I was like, that is absolutely correct. Like, what are you doing? So that being said, though, in the next episode, you know, or maybe it was this episode, like you said, the thing with her mother and this and that. So I will wrap up by saying this. The show has definitely gotten better for me. Uh, It corrected some of the things that was a real problem for me. And like I said, I think a lot of it was just because they tried too hard in the first two episodes. And I am absolutely going to continue watching especially because allison says that you know you it, it gives you even more you know to care about and it's very interesting and whatever whatever so you know i'm not super like oh my god i was so wrong i'm just like okay great you've you've given me enough t- to make me want to watch uh you know th- the rest of the season i'm sure i'll, I'll finish this out for sure
0: all right let's wrap up so i uh, thumbs up ish is what i think we we're feeling there
4: mm-hmm. uh yeah.
0: All right, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows, and this episode is um, Guillermo brings his family to the house, thinking that it's empty, and then Naja has a girls' night in, thinking that it's empty. (laughs) Ha ha! Surprise! Hijinks! Hilarity (laughs) ensues! And then the boys have their camping, hunting trip, and you know, you know what? You know what? You know what, Laza? You know what? You know what? And then that happens. (laughs) that was uh no guess what guess what that's fine guess what hey Laszlo, Laszlo,
3: guess
2: guess what what? guess what (laughs) um i loved everything including the title of this episode when i looked and saw that they called it pine barrens i just i just fell over laughing you know i mean it was it was it was flawless i was it was great wait but wait Allison, i want to know why why was it so funny to you because that is one of the, the classic, I, I think one of the, the best episodes of The Sopranos. The
1: Sopranos! Yeah. Oh! I well,
4: mean, it's, it's. One it's of like, our
1: leads meets his fate.
4: Yes. I didn't. Get that reference. I i, I want to, I, I definitely want, I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to say this because obviously I'm going to talk later. Uh, I didn't get that at all because I am, shh, don't tell anybody, from New Jersey and Pine Barrens is absolutely a place and famous for the New Jersey Devil. So I've got plenty to say about that. But, right, oh, because it's about the New Jersey Devil. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's actually a thing. The Pine Barrens, we camping, We as kids, we were told the New Jersey Devil story. So this has a particular significance for me. Go, but go back, Allison. I did not get the Sopranos reference. Okay,
2: well, I, not having been raised in New Jersey, I did not know about that until, I mean, I actually did some reading afterward that I went, oh, so it was an actual thing. But, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't have cared if it wasn't. They're, they're, they're New Jersey. They're... Uh, New Jersey Devil, the Jersey Devil, whatever it is, um, was was uh, brilliantly done, and just the the whole time that they're talking about it being just a legend that vampires make up to cover off to cover their kills, um, and then suddenly they discover it's real. Uh, I thought I thought that was was great, but the you know the main thing is just the interaction because you've got these you know the, you, they've separated the characters into these into these groups who all think you know they're doing their own thing, but um, they're you know the the what happens as a result is is fantastic because um, the the whole bit with Guillermo and his family he's finally going to be getting together with them after all this time he wants to patch things up and and be with his family yeah. and he's made up this whole crazy story about how he owns this place <laughs> and he works for the railroad <laughs> and and then and then Naja comes in on the on this and he introduces her not only as his girlfriend but his maid um <laughs> uh, the frozen look on Naja's face. I was amazed that she went around uh, uh, you know along with it as for, for as long as she did. Um but I, it was it was just fantastically done. I I mean and her his family just accepts this with the exception of his grandmother who clearly is, you know, the premier vampire hunter in the family and wasn't fooled for an instant. Nope. Oh, that was that the was, the
0: hilarity that was of that scene where the whole family is t- chasing Naja through the house, throwing throwing <laughs> uh, stakes left and right, and then she tries to intimidate him, and it doesn't. It's great, so good. Yeah.
4: I love hearing that you love the show so much now, or at least this episode, because you're 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 dialing into, leaning into the like just the absurdity of it you know what i mean that it's like no no a, no no, no, no.
0: I, there's plenty of episodes i still don't find funny so i mean i'm sorry what i said there are plenty of episodes i still don't find funny oh, no, no, no. i
4: that you can you cannot like the previous episodes i'm just saying going forward i think there's you know like you're two for two now so or like three for three or something i'm just saying that that i think i said last week Uh, That it it was a great uh, sort of um, The epitome of why the show is so funny But this, but last week's also We also talked about how it was sort of just improv I mean, a lot of it seemed like it was And I think we all agree it probably was Whereas this one is absolutely structured You know, it was sort of like the, You know, um, everybody gets a piece of the pie You know, episodes Where like, they did a beautiful job Of giving us a storyline for, you know, mo- I mean, all of them, right? Because Laszlo and, and Nando go together, you know? Um, so there were three different storylines. They were all really well done. Every single one was hilarious. I do want to address the Pine Barrens because I am from New Jersey, uh, you know? Uh, and so for me, it was extra hilarious because the the defeat when um, Colin is like, uh, Siri, or whatever it was, give me New Jersey, you know, rock and roll, or whatever. And, then it, was- <laughs> and it couldn't stop the dance, it had to yes. sing the song. Yeah. I burst out laughing so hard. I mean, really, because I won't go into the whole whatever, like why it was so funny, well, why it should be so funny. Um, but I just thought it was hilarious, like these little moments where like um, where he pulls out the flute, you know, and I don't know if on the show, I can't remember if he's ever played the flute before for us, but I thought it was going to be this whole, you know, dramatic moment. It was going to be this or it was going to be whatever. And he, he, it sounds like a kazoo, you know what I mean? And- <laughs> And I thought, that is like a, a small but great little twist. Um, I thought, uh, I'm trying to think of the things that I really liked. Um, oh, my gosh. That moment, that's such a small moment when she was like, I'm not going to kill them because I, I know what it's like to see my family die in front of me. You know, my uncle was trampled by a donkey. And, the donkey <laughs> died. and then the donkey died of alcoholism. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> This is why I love this show. She just says it so matter of factly. It's like coming out of nowhere. And I'm like, this show is ridiculous. So, uh, you know, and then also I thought it was a little, it was fun. You mentioned um, her being chased by the vampires. I know this is like a weird, random thing, but the show is always so, you know, the funny and the human, whatever. And I just thought it was a gas to see her climbing, cr- crawling sideways on the wall. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very vampire thing to do. So, you know, so that was just kind of neat. I, you know, this show is, just, you know how people talk about like pasta, throw, sti- you know, throw pasta on a wall and see if it sticks, whatever, you know, in the writer's room. I feel like this is just throwing pasta all up in the air. You know what I mean? Seeing where it lands. It's just hilariously weird and funny and random. And they just give you jokes everywhere, visual jokes, you know, puns. And yeah. uh, I mean, it's just nuts. So, uh, I mean, I thought it was great fun. Uh, Peter,
0: I-, I want you to recant your whole uh, Guillermo's not funny uh thing you had going last week please go ahead on 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 podcast for the official (laughs) recording well he's still not the
3: funniest part of the show but that's not what i
0: asked you to say no go ahead
3: but i I did think he he says he has one line of the 23 minutes uh he has a he has one line but unfortunately i'm so sorry i don't remember what it is but basically he's talking about his family and how they're vampire or how they're Van Helsing's, and obviously mixing them with Nadja. And he says something in Spanish, and his delivery was pretty funny. I was like, Oh, that's pretty funny. Like, but in general, no, I would still stick that's to line of Guillermo.
0: The Guillermo's delivery is what makes him funny hundred yeah, yeah, percent yeah. of the time.
3: Well, that that line I thought was pretty good. I, I I wish I remember what the line was. Um but yeah, yeah, very funny episode. Like I thought it was pretty terrific.
2: All right, well, we, I also we... like that he finally came out to his family. Oh, right. And they were as... just all like, yeah. <laughs> well, like they didn't care that he was gay. What they were concerned with was that he wanted he must... to be a vampire. Right. As right. you
0: should be. As you should you be.
2: Should be. You <laughs> <got> it, <laughs> we right? know you're gay. We've known for years.
0: But yeah. <laughs> well, we got to move on, guys. We are so far behind schedule. we got to keep going. Uh, next up, there's two thumbs up, by the way. Uh, right, next up, we're going to talk about She Hulk, attorney at law. And this episode was uh, Marvel's new entry to the She-Hulk world and also to the half-hour comedy. I mean, technically, WandaVision was more of an homage to comedy. And this is like the first, like, original kind of, I feel like, comedy show. Um, Her relationship with her cousin is fantastic. Their (laughs) banter was just so funny. Uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode it was really a lot of fun I don't anticipate like they're calling it like she's like oh when we come back you know we're really going to be in the courtroom now it's like mm, I doubt that like I really don't think this is going to be like law and order don't don't you know kind of situation <laughs>
1: think Ally McBeal <laughs> okay. with Superbowl with they, Superbowl a- oh. <laughs> uh, so
0: Tom you since you're talking go ahead what you think no, I I have
1: the the first two runs of She-Hulk's first books. This is definitely taking its t- uh, the tone from uh, the second volume, which was John Byrne breaking the fourth wall and whatnot. Uh, I've been a fan of Tatiana Maslany since uh, Orphan since Orphan Black. Black*.
0: Right,
1: she's amazing. Uh, it did not surprise me at all. I mean, the thing is, Mark Ruffalo did a lot of lighter romantic comedy-type things back in the past before, you know. He's done some heavier stuff, too, but the two of them play off really well. And I all love right. that she she pushes back and take t- doesn't take guff from him. So I'm looking forward. You know, how could you not like a series that starts and ends with a discussion if Steve Rogers lost his V-card or not? <laughs> 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 So, oh yeah. uh oh, by
0: the way I love the uh, if, if for those' who, do, who missed it check out the Twitter uh, because Chris Evans makes a comment oh Chris Evans I, I read a review of the series saying that chris evans brought this
1: subject up in the past it's almost like the writers were they went to his twitter thread
0: <laughs> well he basically commented on she hulk and he had like a he was laughing and then he had one with a zipper across his mouth like he's never gonna speak and then mark <laughs> ruffalo replied like i'm sorry bro i was totally under a lot of pressure she 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 forced it out of me
4: <laughs> so just,
0: just it's like I like the fact that you watch the show and then you kind of go to Twitter and it's like continued. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, so so who else was to talk?
2: Uh, I really enjoyed the the show. You know, I mean, I, in in the list of various Marvel series that have come out, it's it's not my favorite, but it's still a lot of fun. I adore Tatiana Maslany um, again from Orphan Black. She was absolutely amazing. I can't even imagine that that show could have been made without her because she was just she's so spectacular in terms of changing the character that she's in. Um, and and the uh this show it's she's she's still perfectly um great as as the character. She's like you needed someone who was a charismatic focus, and I think that she she does a great job in it. I also loved the the banter between her and bruce i love i love actually the bit with i mean he keeps looking at her he's so clearly jealous of the fact that (laughs) she does not have all the angst and the 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 alter ego uh things going on with him and he's like are you sure are you sure you don't have that um and you need training and and meantime she's doing everything better than he does and uh, and it's just, you can just see the annoyance building up in him. It's like, I went through all that. It's not fair that you don't. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. I hope that, that he's going to keep showing up in the series and this wasn't just for the pilot because the, their chemistry is great. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. And I think they are going to be doing a fair amount of stuff in, uh, in the courtroom because they've lined up a bunch of characters, you know, especially like uh, Charlie Cox. As uh, as daredevil, um, who who function in the courtroom, so I think she's going to be doing a lot of turns that at least start in courtroom settings, even if they go kind of crazy from there.
4: Yuseen, you were trying to um, talk. I... Go ahead. Time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was saying, youson you were trying to talk. Oh.
0: Go ahead.
4: Oh. So so it, to save time I will just go ditto 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 ditto. <laughs> ditto ditto, ditto 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 um I I I I'll say a few actual words um, I I'm trying to think of something to say that no one else has said. Um, I I thought that um, I don't know anything about She-Hulk. I mean, I know that I know She-Hulk. I know she exists, and I know the comic. You know, I know that there's a comic, but all of that. Um, but I I kind of love that they got around the like the clothing situation. You know, I know you all think that I'm obsessed with clothing, but this has to do with the actual comic book or the comic book character. Um, You know, she grows into a Hulk, but not enough for her to like have to lose her top or her bottoms or all of that other stuff. So I was like, great. They took care of that issue. Um, But for me, Uh, I love that we're getting, uh, like you said, you mentioned WandaVision, but it's so refreshing and it's going to be so fun to see just a straight-up comedy, to see MCU take on a comedy. Um, And uh, again, somebody said, uh, I think, Allison, you said you hope that he shows up Uh, Throughout the episode throughout the series. And of course, I do, especially because that first episode was so so great between the two of them. But I'm okay if he doesn't just so that they can like super focus on her as opposed to sort of making it like a buddy cop kind of a show. That being said, oh I
2: don't want it to be that but I just like I just like the bits between them.
4: No, no, no. Again, I don't disagree at all, at all, at all. I, I'm not saying you want it to be a buddy cop. I was. I'm just saying, should he show up? I'm afraid that it would be. Not. Not saying that you would want it to be, but uh, I will just end by saying, uh, what a great way to introduce us to to the to the show, to the characters. Um, somebody else mentioned that he had a you know romantic comedy kind of background, and so it was great to see that, to be honest, because I think he's great as a romantic. Uh, comedy kind of lead so that was really refreshing so yeah I'm very excited about this season and it's I think it's charming and funny and you know all sorts of things so yeah I'm very excited
0: alright uh, Peter you haven't spoken uh, do you have anything to say really quick before we move on to our last show
3: um, the only thing I will say is that I hope that they balance the lawyer and the superhero because I think what I find interesting is that we've had like a decade of heroes who really like being superheroes, which we used to not have. And I'm glad we're I'm glad we're gone from the like angsty Batman, angsty Peter Parker. Like I'm glad that we have people. You know, I'm Iron Man. Like I I like that. But I do like the notion of how Jennifer Walters is like. It's not that she doesn't want to be a good person. It's just that she wants to do good in her way of being a lawyer. So I was like, oh, that actually that's an interesting dynamic. So I do hope the show balances that. Well, if the show was just her being Hulk all the time, I would be like, well, then what's the point of calling it attorney at law? Like, so you got, I'm hoping it's balanced. So, but yeah, yeah I loved it. I watched it twice. that was really oh, nice.
0: All right. Let's move on to our last show. We're going to talk Sandman episodes three and four. And episode three was with, uh, Joanna Constantine. Notice the different pronunciation. <laughs> and episode four was with Lucifer Morningstar. So let's talk about three first. And uh, episode three, um, I, I like the fact that they took the character of Constantine, Time, whatever, uh, and kind of – they did a gender swap, true, but they took the core of the character and kept it the same which is basically she she sold her soul so her soul is already gone she's going to hell that that's just what's going to happen and she's got these nightmares of things that she's done and thing, you know all this guilt that she feels um, and so that at the core shapes the character of who she is and she's so hyper focused on you know trying to do some good which is you know sending demons back and doing that so. But she's still kind of a terrible person, you know. So she's still not really a good person. And I like that even by making her, you know, a little cleaner and a little more together, she's still at the core of the same character. And so I really appreciated that. And also I loved her white coat. Uh, so I ha I talked fashion before you did. You said, um, yeah. "Go ahead, Tom." Uh, go ahead, Tom. Guys, we're I, gonna I'm do gonna...
4: something about. This. We're gonna get you one. We'll All try right. to get you one.
0: I, I want to go
1: on a semi rant. It, it drives me insane. Joanna Constantine is a real character in the comics. She is the descendant who shows up in a later episode. But it makes me—it's ridiculous that they put, they took Constantine out of Legends of Tomorrow and made them do the gender swap for Sandman for a Justice League Dark series. That's not going to happen now. It's like really, really get your hands the, ra- of the bus. Was that the rationale? Yes, it is. That's huh. the reason why they did it. I mean, and the the reason why Gaiman played it off is, like, well, she she is a character in the comics, so it's not far of a stretch. I thought Jenna Marie Coleman did did a great job. Constantine's not a good person. That's the point. Right. That's the point. He's a terrible person who knows he's going to hell. Right. So, but I thought that even though they had to do some, you know, fast footwork, it, it was an interesting episode. And we will be seeing, if we get more seasons, we'll be seeing more of Johanna because... Neil Gaiman was given free access to all of DC's supernatural characters and they show up.
3: <laughs> all right.
1: Uh,
3: uh, I think that uh, Go ahead. I think the only thing I would say, um, sort of to counter that is that I think that um, like I don't know too much about Constantine besides the Keanu Reeves movie. So like I and I love Jenna Coleman and I and I thought it was a it was a nice kind of like different kind of role for her. However, um, even though I agree with you guys about the kind of person that Constantine is, I did like that by the end of the episode her kind of her own version of selfish is butted up against um, Dream's kind of coldness and it ends up being Constantine that ends up being more human because you get to the scene at the end where it's her ex-girlfriend who who now is, like, only surviving because of the sand. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to take this. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Like, she's going to die. He's like, yeah, and that's the only reason he was keeping her alive. He He's like, he has no emotion. And you're just like, what the hell, man? Like, well, I, he's not human. I, I thought that was he's nice. He's not human. She is. I, he's not, mm-hmm. I know. But I thought that was a nice way of balancing what you guys are saying about Constantine. Because you see Constantine is this selfish person. Because earlier, earlier he wants her, he's going to, she's going to send somebody to hell. And he's like, well, wait, wait, I need this person to find out where my helm is. And she doesn't care. It's like, wow, whatever. By the end of the episode, I like that. Even though Constantine's being Constantine, she obviously still cares about, you know, this ex partner. And that was a nice way of highlighting her humanity. That's what I liked about the scene. Whereas I was like, Oh, now you've kind of flipped it. You're right. You guys are, I, I know what you guys are saying. That it's like, well, that's because dreams isn't human. But regardless, they are still human-looking people in the scene, and in that scene, Constantine shows up. She seems more She's more sympathetic to the situation, and I, I appreciated that.
2: Well, I, I think it was more complicated than that because the thing is what she's faced with by the end of the scene, what's happening to her ex is a direct consequence of her own actions yes, sure. inactions yeah. because her yeah. her ex got a hold of that stuff because she left it there because she just just up and left one day and now she's seeing that you can't do that i mean this was a very graphic idea of you can't just abandon people and expect everything to be okay and, right, and there's some consequences you know this was the the uh, the logical end of of you know, where you could take something like that. And uh, it's, it's literally life or death in this in- instance. So she is, she is left with this person who is, who is completely drained of all life. And the only thing now that's keeping them uh, alive is this sand, which is actually what, what had been killing them in the first place. And now she's upset about it. But, uh, the, you know, as I think Dream, even though his, his action is to just take his sand back, it's also kind of a mercy kill. Right. It's, it's such a- he's, he's letting this woman go um, because she's suffering. So, he could have said it in
3: a nicer way. I he's mean, not um,
2: human, Peter. You he's, cannot he's judge not, him on the same scale. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think what he did, you know, is about as kind as you're going to get from this character. He's not going to go into. He's not going to cry and go into an explosion of emotion. But he's going to do what is right for the moment, which is to let this poor woman die. Um, because she's, she's otherwise just wasting away forever for no good reason. And, um... You know, she, I th- I thought that that was, was well after, done. She
4: yeah, was on her way to, to dying. He just gave her her release in a most beautiful way. He sent yeah. her off. Yeah, he
2: gave her one last vision, which was a comfort to her.
4: Right, right. So I, because I have to disagree with Peter in the sense that that scene, or not even just the scene, but that whole segment, to me, uh, actually re-emphasized his empathy that he has been. From the beginning part of the reason why i like his character so much his characterization the show uh is that yes i mean this man was in prison for 100 years right he man not man right the endless whatever he is right this entity um and uh he's he's on a quest he needs to get his stuff back. But why? It's not even because he's like, "Oh, ruler, I want my jewels back. I want this." He needs that power to save humanity. You know what I mean? So like, if he's single-minded in his focus, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like there will be collateral damage, you know? And and I don't think. Honestly, I think the fact that the juxtaposition of his like mercy killing, you know what I mean, against, you know, his what we perceive or how he presents, you know, both to the audience and to you know, even the characters within the show, uh, you know, as this cold, unfeeling kind of guy, we we got right from the get-go with Gregory, the the gargoyle. You know that he is not that person. You know what I mean? So for me, that that whole segment was incredibly poignant, especially because, uh, like Allison said, um, you know, it's about being left left behind. You know, and then of course the 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 guilt of, of of what she left behind. You know what I mean? Like she was, you know, she abandoned the relationship, yes, but on so the the human aspect but then obviously this fantastical supernatural aspect is that, um, you know that she was so distraught, you know, by the loss that she has decided to spend the rest of her life in dreams, so she can stay with the person who left her. And I, you know, that's really powerful. You know what I mean? Like I think, you know, I think in, in human terms, I think there are lots of people who would do anything to get the one that they love, you know, back or stay with them or whatever. So I found that again so real and human in this show that is so fantastical that looks fantastical with characters that are fantastical. Um, you guys know how much I love it when they keep it. You know, they keep giving you that human aspect of it so i thought it was a beautiful commentary on uh you know magical still right but on the most human of of uh of, of emotions that we have love and longing and loss uh and then i'll wrap it up so and then um i don't know what else happened but i remember there was something else besides that that i also loved in in that episode so for me i thought that dreams were killing her but dreams also like released her so that emphasized the duality of the dreaming the good and the bad which i think is very interesting and important because it isn't just a, you know it isn't just fancy dreams that keep us from you know it's a nightmare and it's also you know so i thought that was an excellent point they made
0: well we, we want to i want to move on to the to the last episode which is or episode four which is a hope with, in the hell oh uh, yes a hope in hell go ahead tom hit us what do you got no, this is the
1: episode that introduces uh, Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer Morningstar, and for those, th- for those who who watched the Fox slash Netflix Netflix Lucifer series, this that was technically a spinoff from this episode of the comic book, greatly altered to be the wacky detective format. But this is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I I love Christie. Period. I thought she was Lucifer, <laughs> and the duel between the two of them is terrific. And there will be consequences if we I'll stop talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, Tom. Thank you. Uh, Allison. your thoughts.
2: Um, I, I thought the, op- the episode was, was really interesting and beautifully done. I loved the visuals that they had going on for, for, you know, the underworld. Um, I think that they – I I love Christy, and I I think that they served her badly with a really ugly costume, a couple of costumes, and an absolutely tragic wig, um, which was – that's really all I could look at. Um, And and I love her so much, and she's a gorgeous woman.
4: Sorry? No, I just said thank you, Allison, thank you, because I said, Libby, did you hear that?" Because I talked a lot about that to her, and she was very dismissive about it. But you were saying the exact same thing. It
2: was, it was terrible looking. She, she looked like a mattress in that, in that outfit, and the, the. the was absolutely awful but i, um, I was dismissive
0: you know, because i want to know about the story i said i'm well, well Karen, aware of what you thought of, of her dress getting,
2: getting back to the story i i thought that you know the the, the story was handled extremely well i like the contest between the two of them i thought that was was extremely well done um I one thing that that I think is interesting in this particular episode is, is that you know be, and and you brought it up before that he's he's not just collecting these things because he wants power he wants it because he wants to protect humanity and a lot of this is coming from the fact and they give it very short shrift it's like a, a line you could almost uh, you know not hear as it goes by is that he, you know there there's been other universes besides this one not just the, this world but other universes. Oh. And dream was key to just dis- to the destruction of a previous universe. And that weighs on him that that responsibility of that, you know, something he did or miscalculated um, just led to the destruction of an entire universe. And he's he's terrified of that happening again. So he takes this oh, very, very right. seriously. That's and you know, this this game that he has going with Lucifer is is very high stakes. It's not for fun. Um, and and he's he's willing to put his own life on the line to do it, his own fate on the line to do it.
4: Uh, you know what? That I actually missed that, Allison, and that makes it even more powerful and interesting for me. I'm glad you said something because I totally missed that. Um, and I will say, I know we're over, so I will just say a, a few quick things. Um, the I've never seen hell, uh, you know, rendered so desolately beautiful I mean it was exquisite I literally was like if I die and unfortunately go to hell I, I end up here. <laughs> I'd be like well at least it's fucking oh oh gosh at least it's really beautiful in 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 the way that it's just you know desolate and and you know whatever uh so that was really impressive i talk about it all the time the show i think looks amazing uh and then lastly i just want to mention because i talked about this off, pad, off podcast i didn't i don't know enough about sandman i'm sorry you know blah 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 but as a as a viewer who knows nothing, I should still be engaged and care and whatever. Um, I, I really like that. I kind of went in thinking that he was going to be an anti-hero, you know, that he was an emo guy and he was this and that, and, you know, blah, 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 and, you know, all of it. Uh, and he has absolutely turned out not to be obviously. Uh, I mean, he's still very emo, but um, the fact that they have explained to us that, you know, and, and what you just said emphasizes that, that he feels so much guilt about it, uh, destroying a universe that he's really invested in saving our universe as So, um, I like that it's, I know it's not a twist for people who, who, who knew, but for me watching it from the beginning, again, it just adds more texture and it's more interesting. And for me, uh, his empathy as, as we see in bits and pieces throughout the series, I did watch a few more episodes, um. Yeah, I love it. I do. I I don't know if I'm going to end up loving the series in its entirety, but as far as, you know, up through four, I I think it's really still very, I mean, it's great. I really like it. I I think it's
2: important, too, that it's not a human empathy that he has. I mean, they have that scene when he's going toward uh, Lucifer's um, castle where he stops at that, that prison uh, structure and and his old lover from ten thousand years ago is trapped yes. in there, and yes. and she asks him, you know, and it, first of all, the way she ended ended up here was because she she uh, defied him, how whatever that means, and then right. she says to him, you know, um, do you do you forgive me? And it's been ten thousand years, and he says, no, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I love uh, uh, have uh, to Remember, he's—he's—you he's, know—whatever empathy we want to give to him, it's not a human empathy,
0: right? Uh, Peter, your thoughts, real quick, because we got to wrap this up seriously.
2: It was really
3: good. I don't really have much to add. I—I I preferred episode three to four, um, but I mean, it was still really good. I—I I guess I liked the big battle when they were just saying, you know, you know, I'm a. You know, I'm, I'm a like, dire, wolf, I'm says dire wolf, says the, right. says the sworn I'm, sword of I'm House Stark. I
4: thought that was a GOT reference. It was. She was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a dire a, wolf. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I was like, you mean the house that you were sworn sword to on that other show? Okay, sure. It was a little, it was a little nod to the audience. Yes, we saw it. But yeah, the battle was great. The battle was really good. Because I wasn't sure how they were going to do a battle. So the way that they did it, I thought was really creative and it worked for me. I was like, oh, okay, that works. Um, but we need to wrap this up. So next week we will tackle episode, uh, five and six, which wraps up this particular graphic novel. Um, so yeah, those who haven't managed to watch that, go forth and watch that for next week.
2: Um, so if, and they so, dropped a bonus episode too, so we should talk about that eventually.
0: Eventually, yes. We, we have a little ways to go to get to that one. Um, so I'm assuming we're, we're all basically saying thumbs up for this. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to the TV Campfire, gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci fi.radio, Winopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.